Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Well, welcome to Recovery Talks Facebook Live event. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name is Bill Devil. I'm the Montana's Peer Network member, mentoring coordinator, and I'm joined by Anna Devil. I'm his spouse. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, today's uh, topic is going to be about relationships, hence why my wife is sitting here with me today. How this is going to work is we've had some questions pre-made that are in an envelope. We haven't we haven't been able to see them, so that's how we'll start it start it out. We'll uh, open these bad boys up and um, and and see what's in store for what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about today. It's like there's four questions. All right, so the first question that we're going to speak to is, what is the biggest barrier and success of being a couple who are both in recovery? Well, I would say I will start with success. That's easier for me to be able to answer. And the success or the positive about being in a relationship where we're both in recovery, at least um, on my part is, is that she understands recovery. She understands why I, why I go to so many meetings. She understands when I meet with sponsees and she's very generous with allowing me to have that space and that time with others in recovery and for my own recovery, whether it's meetings or events, we usually go to events together. That would be, that would be the positive about it. The negative I would say is me being disciplined and allowing her to have her space in her own recovery and not trying to dictate or control or tell her how to work her program. Sometimes we'll say, have you called your sponsor? You know, uh, <laughs> you know that's a dig. That's not a positive thing when, when, when I say that usually. Um, and so that's that's kind of a barrier sometimes is being disciplined and allowing her her own space to work her own recovery program without putting my two cents in um, when it's not necessary. If it is necessary and I have a concern, I can always voice that and we can sit down and discuss it. Sometimes the barrier is is I can use positive things in a negative way for it to fit my agenda at a particular time. And I have to be really disciplined not, not to approach things that way. Um, for me, uh, I guess the success or the, the positive part of being in recovery and being in a relationship with someone in recovery is, you know, we, we met, you know, we were on our own paths in recovery. We met in, in the rooms of a 12-step program. And he was kind of my biggest fan when I was, was going through my early years in recovery and he was there to support me and hold me up. And, you know, in, in a sense, he helped me 
when you know I, I needed that immediate someone to talk to. It's really nice to have my husband as another individual in recovery that can help me see things that, you know, I can't see for myself that constructive criticism that he gives, um, which was really nice for me in my early recovery because I got, I got the loving, you know, version of, you know, kind of the sugar-coated version of, well, this is what I would do if I were you kind of thing. And I guess for for me, um, the biggest negative thing about being in a relationship with someone in recovery is his his behaviors and his character defects. You know, I see them and I know he sees them, but I like to control aspects of, of life. And, you know, sometimes I get super frustrated with him when his behaviors are out of control and I'll say to him things like, well, you might want to look at that, you know, and like with him, that's more of a dig than, than a constructive criticism. And, you know, I get even more frustrated when he doesn't look at his behaviors on my time. And I have to learn to step aside and realize that, you know, like in the beginning, he's got his own recovery path and his own recovery journey. And I just need to be there to support him. Thanks, babe. You know, there's positives and negatives to being in a relationship uh, with someone in recovery. I work with others that are in recovery where their spouse isn't in recovery. And that's, that's really, really hard sometimes too, because the spouse is an understanding of why they need to spend that amount of time away from home at a 12 step meeting or meeting with another individual that's in recovery. And so there, there are barriers to that as well. I would not be able to speak to the successes of being in a relationship where someone's not in recovery because I haven't gotten any of that feedback. So the second question that we have here is what would you do if your partner had a serious relapse? Is that a deal breaker in your own personal recovery? I'll go first this time because this is something that he and I have discussed. I want to say extensively about what if I go out or what if you go out, you know, what if either one of us goes out. And for me, the biggest thing is, you know, I wouldn't stop loving him and I wouldn't stop caring for him and I wouldn't stop praying for him and or, or supporting him. But one of the first things that I learned in, in recovery on my recovery journey is that I have to protect my recovery at all costs. And if that means I have to protect it from him, then, you know, it would be more of a separation thing. And, and let's see what we can do to get you back on a path of recovery. I wouldn't leave his side necessarily, but, you know, I wouldn't want to live with him while he was in a full-blown relapse either. I think... I think my answer is similar, but I believe there's there's a lot of circumstances that would be involved for me to make a hard decision. I'm I'm on the same page as Anna, where um, okay, you're in a relapse. We're getting divorced. I never want to see you again. I don't think I don't think that I would I would choose that path at all. I would want to be supportive. I would want, I would do everything that I could to help her find her way back on her path to recovery. And 
I hope I never have to go through that type of circumstance. But it is something that when two people are in recovery in a relationship, that's a very valid question. A lot of relationships in recovery face this dilemma and and to have a plan moving forward if something were to happen I think would be really really important to have we love each other we support each other and a relapse is is something that for me is not a deal breaker but it definitely causes me to have a lot of look at a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. And with us having a child involved, the child comes first. Um, we don't, we wouldn't always be able to do, you know, you know, oh, we're gonna tough it out and I'm gonna stick by her side physically the whole time. Um, with a child involved, if, if she was in her active addiction or if I was in my active addiction, the separation would have to happen for, for Russell. Russell deserves to be safe. Um, and if I'm being selfish and I'm in my active addiction, Anna has to step up and put a firm boundary up. And until I can come back into the home clean, then, then I don't need to be there for the sake of the child. So um, there's a lot of factors going, moving parts there. Right. And I think, you know, we, for us, we have set up you know, contingency plans, I guess, like if something does happen with either one of us relapsing, you know, we've agreed on steps to take and what happens and what needs to be done, you know, and, and I don't know, I guess it's kind of like a fire drill in a sense, you know, you, you practice, practice for in case your house catches on fire. And then um, when it actually is on fire, you know what to do and it's not so scary and it's not, you know, it's, it's easier to, you know, take the steps necessary to protect yourself and your family. And, you know, I agree with Bill, we've got, we've got our, our son that we need to think of before we think of ourselves. And the, our first and foremost is to protect him if either one of us relapses. Unfortunately, some of some of those circumstances are our past. Repeating same mistakes isn't okay. Um, so we do our daily recovery plan. Hopefully relapse isn't something that is going to happen in our relationship. Um, however, it's good to be prepared because life happens and we're not that far away from making a bad decision um, that has some pretty serious consequences. We've been we've been with each other long enough and been in recovery with each other long enough too that you know I can tell when he's having a bad day or I can tell when he needs to talk or I can you know I, I know I know when his his mind isn't on recovery and I'm able to you know say hey babe do you need a minute do we need to talk what's going on you know and, and I think that in a sense kind of helps you know in a way is is a form of relapse prevention for us. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, so the third question is, what is your personal definition of recovery? Is it similar to your partners? And if uh, not, how do you make your different views of recovery work together? Want me to speak first? Yeah. I don't know that 
we'll find out here live on Facebook if our if our uh, definition of recovery is similar. I can say we do make whatever that definition work together because we allow ourselves our own path of recovery. My personal definition of recovery is being able to live life with symptoms, without substances, and move forward in my recovery in a positive way. So, meaning I can have I can have setbacks, I can have challenges, and I'm specifically talking about mental health sy symptoms where it can affect some of my daily routine, but I have coping skills in place where I'm able to continue to move forward in that day. And I have a, a recovery, a daily recovery routine that is super important for me to be able to maintain my mental health. You know, I don't really ever thought about what my definition of recovery is. I know that for me, being in recovery for myself is, I say it all the time, you know, I try to make myself a better person today than what I was yesterday. And that, that, that makes it a little more simpler for me. You know, I'm not trying to make myself a better person, you know, all at once and, you know, planning for the next 10 years and how that's going to look, you know, I'm just trying to be better today than I was yesterday. Uh, another aspect of being in recovery for me is, you know, abstinence because my recovery journey is, is I'm, I'm in addiction recovery. So abstinence for me, that, that is part of being in recovery. And then, you know, giving back what was, you know, what was so freely given to me, you know, I try to help other people that come to me and say, hey, I need help with this. Can you help me with A, B, and C? Or how do you, how do you deal with life on, on life's terms on a daily basis? And so for me, is that, that's part of recovery, you know, being in abstinence and, you know, reaching out and helping or reaching out to ask for help, you know, that's, that's part of it too. And, and then just trying to be a better human being today than I was yesterday. And I think the two of us, you know, together and as a couple, we make our own versions of, of what recovery is to us work. You know, like Bill said, we do a lot of our recovery together. You know, we go to meetings together, we go to, um, events together you know I support him when he's got work to do with sponsees or you know even when he has to go um, visit with his own sponsor you know and and he does the same for me he supports me when when I have to go do those things for myself and you know I call them mommy timeouts and, and that's what I've been needing here recently and and I'll look at him and I'm like I need a mommy timeout I need a break I need a day out I need I need something where I don't have to be at home and be a mom and be a this and be a that. I just need some time for myself. And he's like, okay, well, let's make that happen. And, and I think that's important. You know, we, we give each other the space we need, but we also give each other the support that we need for our own personal recovery journey. So we have one additional question that will be asked. But I kind of wanted, before I went into that question, because it's it's somewhat mushy, I wanted to try and be 
real. My relationship with my wife is not perfect. I have some serious character defects that I have to work on every day and not apply in our relationship, which I do from time to time, um, which causes chaos and disruption in our relationship. And so I just wanted to be real and say, our relationship isn't perfect at all. I mean, we're not the Partridge family by any stretch of the imagination. We fight, we argue, but, but the thing about all of that is, is that we are committed to one another. Good, bad, or indifferent, we're committed. At, at the end of whatever spat or fight we have, we come together. Usually, I admit my wrongs. Sometimes I dig my heels in and it goes on for a little while longer than necessary. But I've been working on that. When I'm wrong and and I need to make the amends, I'm getting better at admitting that sooner than later. I just wanted to be real a little bit. If you lived with us for a month, you'd be like, holy cow, how do you guys even make this thing work? (laughs) But we love each other and we're committed. No matter what, we're committed to one another and at working these things out. There's no, I'm tapping out, I'm out of here. Um, you didn't fold my underwear right, so you're fired, you know. Uh, we're committed, so it takes, it takes uh, I think it takes commitment. And in today's world, it's an art to stay committed and work through idiosyncrasies of one another's dynamic and personality. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I just, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, like I'm not the perfect human being either. I'm not the perfect wife. I'm not the perfect mother. You know, I forget things. I just, I, I, I get lazy or I decide that, Hey, I'm just not doing that today. Or, you know, like Bill said, my character defects come out. I'm, I have major control issues and, and I like to act like a two-year-old when I don't get my way. And like he said, though, you know, we, by the time everything is all said and done, you know, we're still there with each other in the end of whatever argument or spat, you know, we made an agreement with each other when we first got into our relationship that no matter what, we were going to walk through it together. And so that meant for us, leaving wasn't an option. So we had a question that popped in. Let's go ahead and address it. The question is how do you be around each other so much and not get frustrated? We do get frustrated with each other. <laughs> that we're, we're human beings. And like I said, I have some pretty shiny character defects <laughs> that uh, just seem to come out at just the right time or wrong time, however you want to look at it. I can really exasperate a situation or, you know, so that's my character defect. But Here's the deal with relationships. They just don't happen. They take a lot of effort. I mean, it's just, you know, there's there's kids involved, there's you involved, there's the other person involved. All that has to happen in incorrect timing. Sometimes there isn't correct timing, so it's frustrating. Juggling all that 
is something that is personal and and takes time and and the relationship doesn't have to be built tomorrow i mean you have as long as you need for it to happen the way it needs to happen and i didn't mention this but i was her meeting buddy for almost a year before we became romantically involved being friends before we became romantically involved i think really helped us be able to understand what we were choosing to get involved in so that we could make that commitment it wasn't just going into it blind and not knowing the other person i think that um it just takes time and effort it's it's not going to be easy no, it's it's not. You know, we have our moments. Like I said, I, I don't like to be told no, which is part of my control. And so when he tells me no and I throw my little two-year-old fits, it's, you know, we do a lot of button pushing at that point in time. And I think the biggest thing is, is like we agreed in the beginning of our relationship is that no matter what, we we walk through it together. And so we figure it out and, and we come up, you know, with our heads, heads held high and you know, like he said, I think it made a big difference for me that, you know, um, once we became romantically involved, you know, I ended up marrying my best friend. People ask me today who my best friend is, and, you know, they kind of look at me weird when I tell them my husband, because even after seven years together, he has, he's still my best friend. And what is a best friend, but a confidant, a pal, someone you can vent to, someone who understands you, you know, and, and it's the same, you know, back and forth, you know, he, he can vent to me, he, you know, understands me. And, you know, um, I think that that helps with our frustrations with each other is that, we, you know, we, we were best friends before we were husband and wife. A lot of dinners, a lot of meetings, a lot of windshield time. She lived in, she lived in Twin Bridges. And we'd go to meetings in Butte, so I'd drive all the way to Twin Bridges and pick her up, and there was a lot of time spent. We have another question. <clears throat> surprise, surprise. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest character defect that affects your relationship? And then and then they want to know how, how we're working on it. Like, like, that's what we do in recovery. We work on things. Communication and understanding. Like he says to me all the time, I wish you would just say things so that I know in a way I would understand it. And I say to him, well, I wish you would just understand how I speak to you. And, and so that's, that's the biggest thing for, for me, you know, is being able to speak so he can understand or, you know, being able to listen how he needs me to listen. And, you know, like Bill said, we're working on it to be completely honest in front of a live audience. You know, we've, we've talked about some couples therapy just to kind of, help us get through our barriers, you know, because every relationship has those barriers. Just discussing the fact that, you know, we have that barrier and, and working out, you know, maybe we need to go to therapy or, you know, how would, how would that look like if we needed to go to therapy and, you know, just being able to talk to each other and, and let each other know our, our barriers and how we feel is, is it, it, it works for us. And I, I have to admit, for me, I have a few women in my life that, you know, on any given day, I can pick up the phone and I can be like, you'll never guess what he did today. And um, 
that kind of lets off enough steam for me that I can go back to the situation and I can be like, okay, Bill, here's the thing. And, you know, we talk about it mm. and we're able to work through it. So my, I have quite a few character defects to narrow it down would probably be my ability to just accept the way things are or what has happened without digging or making the situation worse. Sometimes when we are in relationships, we have a lot of information, a lot of fuel to be able to add on to a fire. And, and my ability to be able to not add fuel to the fire is, is a huge character defect in being able to just avoid the whole conversation and, and make it go and be something else because I've just pushed buttons or added fuel to the fire so that we don't have to speak to the issue that brought us to that point. Um, and so what I'm doing um, to work on that is um, not only being aware of it and not only being able to have a choice in how I'm going to move forward, but actually allowing myself to be uncomfortable in that situation and accepting it. Whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong, it, it's not gonna matter. I need to just accept where this particular conversation or situation is and move forward together through it rather than me having to be right or me having to prove my point or me trying to say, well, if you just would have done this or and just allowing it to be and moving forward. And so accepting acceptance is probably what I'm trying to work on to correct yeah, I just gave you a slew of character defects in one situation. So relationships, they're not easy, but I can say that they're worth it. We have one additional question that we have not gotten to that we will get to now. And it is, what do you love most about your partner? You want me to go first? You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> Well, this is where I love pushing buttons. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her dedication and her loyalty um, is unequivocal. I know that I have a wife and I don't have to worry about it. That gives me strength. It gives me courage to be me. I don't have to worry if I'm good enough. I don't have to worry about how much money I make. I don't have to worry about keeping up with the Joneses. She loves me for who I am. And that's empowering. No, I guess for me would be what I love the most about him is his kindness and his thoughtfulness. And he showed me how to, how to love God again. You know, when, when Bill and I first met, I was in a very rocky relationship with God. And my husband taught me how to 
love God again and how to be in a relationship with him. So he has, he has brought me into his spirituality and his kindness. I can trust him no matter what because of the love and the loyalty and the kindness that we have for each other. You know, we've had, we've had people ask us, can you trust me alone with your wife or do you trust me alone with your husband? And I'm the one thing that we, we say to him is, is I don't have to trust you because I trust him. And, and that, that to me makes a difference because, you know, I've had other relationships and I haven't, you know, never had that trust with them. And, and I have that with him. He's, he's like completely 100% trust him. He makes that easy because of his kindness. And, you know, I just love you. Mushy, mushy. All right. Let's see here. Two weeks from now on the 18th, Amanda and her husband will be on here doing the same thing. Like I said, relationships, they're all different. There's going to be a different dynamic. You're going to learn different things. Tune in 10.30 on February 18th, and you'll get to experience Amanda and her husband as well. Um, we're out of time. We want to thank you for joining us and letting us be a part of your day. Recovery Talks podcasts are available every week from MPN. Past episodes are available on our website, mtpeernetwork.org, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. If you'd like to be a guest, please email us at, we'll just throw Andy under the bus, andy at mtpeernetwork.org, and we can schedule you a live event. So thanks for tuning in, and I appreciate you guys giving us your time and allowing us to share with you our relationship. So thanks. Bye-bye. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.